One, I don't consider myself a small business. I'm a big business. I'm here to compete. I'm showing up. So I respect myself and I respect my brand. Two, they're not my agents. They're my partners. I need them to be successful. So if I need someone, that means you're my partner, right? And they can make more money than me. You're listening to The Life & Money Show, a podcast that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth for their families and impacting the world around them. And now here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey everyone, Annie Dickerson here together with my co-host in crime, Julie Lamb. Julie, how are you today? <laughs> that would have been so cool if my last name was Lime, because then it would have I been know. crime oh, Lime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to think of some more things that rhyme with Lamb. To all our listeners, if you think of anything else that would go really well with Julie Lamb, let me know, send me an email and we'll work it into a show. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, so I was thinking yesterday about all of your travels that you did over the last month and how cool it was because I popped into our Instagram feed and I saw the photos that were in there from your trip. And it was so cool. A few of them. I'm assuming it wasn't all of them, but a few of them. And it's so yeah. cool to see all wasn't the different cool? places that you guys went. Yeah. Yeah. We fed giraffes. That was oh, such nice. a cool experience to be yeah. so up and close, up close and personal with these gorgeous creatures. And they're so, the kids loved it, of course, seeing their black tongues just slither out. Cause uh-huh. you know, that that's what the drafts are used to it. These people feeding them lettuce all day mm-hmm. long. So right. they know, they know exactly <laughs> how to get in between the bars, get that mm-hmm. lettuce. So that was such a fun experience. And then Sedona was incredible with all the different hikes being poolside, yeah. listen to Tony Robbins mm-hmm. while my kids were playing in the pool. That was really great. I mean, just, yeah. I, love and you know this and you you know you're about to embark on your trip too is just when you're traveling personally I feel so much more like present because every day is something different you never know Mm -hmm. what it's going to be you have to make spur the moment decisions you have to make do we don't have a kitchen set like you do Uh for all our (laughs) listeners Julie's like uber prepared for travel she's got this little kitchen set with a mini olive oil and a mini salt and pepper and all the things Whereas we just, we go into the Airbnb, we open the cabinets. We're like, oh, well, this one's empty. Let's go figure this out. (laughs) But you live and learn. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like we're totally going to be overprepared, way overprepared. We're probably bringing like, we are, we're bringing like our whole house, like no joke, like spare toilets, like the olive oil, like (laughs) hand washing stuff for in the car, like step stools, like Mm -hmm. we've got it covered because when you're traveling with little kids and you got to fry something on a pan and you have no olive oil, I don't know about you, but (laughs) it is no fun eating food that has been fried on a pan with no olive oil. So I'm like, what? bringing the olive oil with me. So (laughs) I love it. So smart. So prepared. Uh, Well, so that sort of um, segues us into our conversation today with Alex E. Edwards. He's a real estate investor and founder of Thumbprint Realty over in Boston, Massachusetts. He's the co-founder of Flippin' Bricks University and author of the upcoming book, 
mortgage before marriage. And I don't think he has a kitchen kit for travel, <laughs> but he is pretty darn prepared and he has planned out. He's had some ups and downs for sure. He bought his first house when he was just 20 years old, dropped out of college because his professor was like, okay, buy something and treat it like a business. So he did. He bought this multifamily place and started treating it like a business. But then 2008 happened. He filed for bankruptcy, but for a really creative reason. And our listeners, you'll get to hear about that and what he did because he was very resourceful. And that was the big theme throughout his story was from there, he then quit the corporate world and went into real estate. And now he has a team of 24 agents on his team, which is just phenomenal. He's made a real name for himself. And people people know him, they trust him and they follow him. And then through Mortgage Before Marriage, he has a lot of great advice about how to really create that foundation in finances and in your marriage before you get to that step to really get on the same page about your finances early on in the relationship. Yeah, such an inspirational story. Probably one of the most inspirational stories we've had on the show where you hear of this story of somebody who had a lot of kind of small setbacks very early on, but also had some small wins. And it was just so cool to be able to hear how he took those things that were setbacks and turned them into wins. And that's the key to life because nothing is ever going to be perfect the way we want it to be. And so when you can take the things that happen to you and turn them into, hey, this happened actually for me instead and use it to your advantage, I feel like he really hit that on the head right there with that. One thing that I thought was so cool to hear was that really how he got his start was he went to a first-time homebuyer class. Remember, we talked about that in the very beginning in high school. And it just is such a reminder for us, for me, and why we do what we do is all about like that one podcast you hear or that one like thing that Annie and Julie said on the show or that one little piece of information that they got off a vlog or whatever. And one day, not today, but one day down the road, we're going to have some kind of a course or something that will help kids in that 15 to 18 year old range that can change the trajectory of their lives to be like what Alex E. Edwards has done with his life. It's amazing. And so it was just such an incredible inspirational story. Mm-hmm. And one other thing I really pulled away from this conversation was his his tip or hack, if you will, on visualization. So he had these targets at different points in his journey (laughs) where he was like, this is the thing I'm going to accomplish this. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. So he put up signs all around his house. The first one I think was 80% or 90% or something like that. And of the real estate sales he was making. Mm -hmm, And so he put mm -hmm. that all around his house. And now the rental property he's bought for his son, who's now four years old, he wants to make 20K a month from that. So he's put 20K Mm -hmm. all around his house. And so Mm -hmm. after we talked to him, I put 90 minutes up all over my house because I know that's a goal of ours is to really be efficient in our business Mm -hmm. and to work on the business and not in the business. And so I loved that strategy. Yep. Loved it all. Visualization is key. You guys, if you guys have anything that you're aspiring towards, you're working for, put it on a vision board, take post-it notes, put it all around your house and it will become everything that you think about all the time. And that's how you get things to come into reality. 
And for all of our listeners, you'll hear Alex talking about rental properties, multifamily and development. Even he's developing a piece of property. And so all of that is very much on the active side of real estate investing. But if you listen to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I want the benefits of real estate, but I don't want to do all of that work that Alex is doing, then maybe passive real estate investing is for you. And so a great way to learn more and to see if it's the right fit for you is to get a copy of our book, Investing for Good. We've got a free hardcover copy for all of our listeners. Just go to goodegginvestments.com slash book. Now with that, let's dive into our conversation with Alex E. Edwards. Alex, welcome to the show. How are you? I am great. I am great. I woke up today, so I'm good. Hey. Yes, I love that. A nice low bar. I woke up. The day is going to be a great day. Love I'll take it. it from, <laughs> when I open my eyes, I'll take it from here. There you go. Now, Alex, I know you have quite an impressive story going from the banking industry and buying your first piece of real estate at just age 20 and now having built a successful real estate team of over 20 people in Boston. Mm-hmm. Now, it seems that you got bitten by the real estate bug pretty early in Mm -hmm. life. And I know that you also purchased a rental property for your son when he was just three years old. Mm -hmm. And so he's got a pretty good head start in life too. So start Mm -hmm. by taking us back to those early days prior to that first real estate purchase you made. So okay. did you did you grow up around real estate or how did you know at you know when everybody else is you know thinking about cars and girlfriends and I don't know what else you think about at 20 how did you have your head on so straight that you were like yeah I'm going to buy a piece of property. Well, first of all, I didn't have my head on straight. We're going to correct <laughs> that. I was thinking about girls and cars. There we go. Uh, <laughs> But my action did something else, right? And honestly, I just want to get it out there. I got expelled from high school, right? I wasn't always focused, but yeah. In high school, I took a first-time homebuyer class that the city of Boston, you go to city of Boston and sign up for this class. So I did it in high school. I'm like, well, what I have to lose, right? And then when I graduated high school, I got a job at Bank of America. That's where I learned money. I learned money. I learned the mortgage game. I, I found out what a mortgage broker was versus <laughs> a loan officer. I'm like, all right, so a mortgage broker is Marshall, got something for everybody. A loan officer is Gap. You can only get Gap, right? So, <laughs> so I'm like, all right, this is kind of making sense. So I'm going to college, I'm taking business administration, and my professor goes, go home and buy something and treat it like a business. So a couple of months later, I come back to class and say, professor, <laughs> guess what? He says, what, Alex? I bought something. Oh, what, Alex? Bought me a multifamily and I'm going to run it like a business. He's wow. So I said, guess what? He said, you have more? I say, I do. I said, this is going to be the last time you see me because I can't pay for school and a mortgage. And that was the last time school, <laughs> college ever seen Alex e. Edwards. Right. So. Now I'm in the game. I'm happy. <sighs> had adjustable rate though. An adjustable rate. This so I bought my house in 06. So we know we're gonna paint the picture. 06, I bought my house around. And this was in Boston or in Boston? Another yep. Okay. In Boston. Mm-hmm. And so I think a couple a couple of years, 
I'm paying thousand dollars more. So I'm like, whoa, this is getting tough. Got another job. Now I'm miserable. I'm type of I'm so miserable. I hate Fridays because I knew Mondays was close. Like Monday is right around the corner. I can't celebrate on Friday. I don't care about Saturday. So I was just miserable. And I read a book about bankruptcy and how bankruptcy is not a bad thing because I'm growing up as bankruptcy means you're broke, right? No one understanding that you could actually use it as a tool to get ahead. So I read the book and where I was working was in an area I'd never been. And they had something that I never knew was possible. They had time and money. Oh, you have time and money. What kind of, what? Tell me how you have time and money. You're some type of superhero. This don't make sense, right? How you have time and money. You either have time, no money, or money, no time. But you can't have both. The people that had time and money was in real estate. They will come into the bank just working out at 12 p.m. I'm like, how is this possible? Talking about Alice, cash my check. Like you make way more than me. I don't have no time though. <laughs> Something <laughs> was wrong. And that's when I knew, I knew that it was a life out there that I didn't know. I found more worth in Alexi Edwards and I knew I wanted more. Right. So filed bankruptcy. I got a fixed rate. I took off $89,000. The junior loan was out of here. My credit was crushed for about seven years. And I quit Bank of America around, quit corporate around 23. And I never looked back. That was the last time I checked in, 23 years old. And now I look, I'm like, whoa, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm lucky or to quit corporate and survive without society, without society telling me what I should be doing. It's amazing. I retired my mom 2016 and she'd been working since 13 years old. Her son stopped working at 23. I don't take that for granted. And it's because of her, right? She is my shero. She's my everything. I love her to death. Moms, I had to say this in the book, two people I feel like don't get enough attention and that's moms and vets. Those are two, I'm like, they run the world. Women, like they run the world. To me, the best investment you can make today is into a woman, hands down. You gonna get a lot more for your money. I'm telling you that now. So that's how I jumped into real estate. And found out real quick that I needed to learn more. Wow. So you really made a lot of leaps within, I mean, you bought that first property at 20 and you said, see a professor, I'm going to go run this business over here that you told me to do. And then by 23, you would quit the corporate world. Most people take a lifetime to do that. And you did in three years. Okay. So, and at a very crucial, shall I say, I'll put it lightly, crucial time in this country's history. Uh-huh. So you bought in 2006 and you said it was a multifamily. Was it a duplex? A two-family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two families. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you bought a duplex in 2006 with a variable rate. Yep. And okay. So you were learning all this. You're reading the book about bankruptcy. You're trying to figure out solutions. And that's what I want the listener to really pull out of this story is that you didn't sit there and were like, ah, oh, well, I made a bad investment. Oh my goodness. The rate has gone up. I shouldn't do this anymore. Instead, it's not about resources. It's about resourcefulness. And then you said, okay, well, something about this isn't quite adding up. There are all these people over here. I see that are having this amazing lifestyle where they have the time and the money. How can I get from where I am to where they are? And then you got out there and you made it happen. 
And so talk to us a little bit about, okay, so 2008 happens. How did that affect that investment? So, well, once I get them, I had a loan modification, right? So this is how I did it. This is amazing. So I filed bankruptcy chapter 13 and I was stupid. I should have used all my credit cards. I should have maxed everything out. I messed up, right? I learned that after, right? So, cause I went to my attorney, like, you have good credit. I have no credit card debt. What is this dude guy doing? Right. I know they're looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, look, I got to get rid of this junior loan. So I got rid of the junior loan. So I went back to the city and said, I want a loan modification. So loan modification, they brought my loan back down to actually market, right? Market value. So I went from paying 380 to my home being like uh, 170 and paying on that 170. I went from paying around 3000 close to 3000 till today I'm paying $1,100 for a two family, five bedrooms on top, four bedrooms at the bottom in Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, oh <laughs> man, that is a creative solution if I've ever heard of one, but yeah, yeah. you totally should have maxed out your credit cards, had some fun there. <laughs> I messed up, but Hey, you know what? I'm happy because when I think about the moves I made, I'm like, man, this is a lot of people don't get that second chance. I could have went down with the ship. A lot of people lost their homes. And after I figured a way to, to keep my home, I spent $1,500 to put an ad on the radio to send everybody to the city of Boston to get modifications. And within two years, I helped save about 30 homes, right? The city of Boston said they didn't have any money to promote. I just did it. I was grateful. On to this day, I speak to the caseworker that helped me out because without that, I don't know where I would be. It's all about that. It's all about that democratization of information. And the more that you can, I mean, I always say it's almost better than giving back through giving your money is giving your knowledge and giving Mm -hmm. that hard-earned wisdom that you've won and just sharing that out. And what a clever, another resourceful, clever way to do it, taking out an ad or a radio ad and just blasting it out there. And whoever needs to hear that message, the universe will get it in front of them, right? Okay. So you quit your job at 23. What was going through your mind? What were you thinking? You got this stable corporate job. You got this one investment. So what was your plan? Were you going to go full-time into real estate? So one, I quit. I remember like it was yesterday and I cried, drove crying and I felt defeated. And I ran to my mom. She was at a Walgreens and she was like, what's wrong? And she see me crying. And I said, I quit my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. And my mom, I will never forget. She said, I never worried about you and I'm not going to start now. That's all she had to say. I was like, let's go. (laughs) Right. And honestly, she just, I can't say she's phenomenal. She loves me and she invested in me emotionally, financially. She loves me. And that's all I needed to hear. So I became a real estate agent and I started, I put on my own campaign, right? With Alex E. Edwards for your real estate agent. Because at the time when I became a real estate agent, it was political campaign going. I would say, this person for this. I was like, you know what? I want to be Boston's real estate agent. I'm going to say Alex E. Edwards for your real estate agent, Massachusetts most trusted. And that was my campaign. I worked that campaign. And then Obama came out with a tax break. Oh, you didn't have to tell me that. That's another commercial. And my brand blew up just like that. And for any real estate agent out there, it's important for you to market yourself. It is extremely important because the customer, the clients will follow your name. At times, they don't even know what company you're with, right? They're like, who are you with again? But if you 
market yourself and put yourself out there, you could transfer any company, you could start any company and they will follow. And I'm so excited that I did that. That helped me start my own company because my clients were not in love with the company. They was in love with Alexi Edwards for your real estate agent. How cool. Make a campaign like that. So clever. I'm thinking now I'm like, Annie Dickerson for <laughs> blank. <laughs> I'm telling you. And I it's love just like it. almost, so you have to tell the world what you want. And you can't allow someone to tell you who you are. This is who I am. And this is what I need you to call me. And everyone will follow suit. And I love hip hop. But when I'm going to throw some names, when T.I. said, I'm the king of the South and Lil Wayne said, I'm the best rapper alive. Everyone just started calling them that. I was like, huh, I'm Massachusetts most trusted. Let me use. I'm like, OK, you believe me, too. You're going to say it. All right. Bet. <laughs> and that's where Alex E. Edwards came from. I'm the only one around here yelling my initial. So now you cannot forget about me. Oh, that's Alex E. Edwards. They used to laugh. And, oh, that's Alex E. Edwards is in the building. But I told him to call me that. Now I'm a brand. Don't forget about me. Do they know what the E stands for? No one. It's, <laughs> it's Alex Emmanuel Edwards. But no one ever asks. They just Alex E. Edwards. You should think of something really cool to make that E stand for. <laughs> right? Alex Economy Edwards. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Done. We'll blast it everywhere. <laughs> So I have a question. So you did all of this learning, it sounds like in the early days, right? You got this property, you, you filed for bankruptcy, you quit your job, a lot of learning lessons, right? I feel like in those early days. And I feel like that was really the foundation for what helped to get you to where you are now. Mm -hmm. So tell us how you made that transition. So you started out as an agent, you started your brand. How did you come to start Thumbprint? Was it just like, how did you think, like, I don't know that a lot of people make that transition from being an agent to being a broker and having their own place where they start hiring other agents underneath them. So what was that transition like? What made you start to think about that? And when in the process, so in 2006, you bought your house, when did you start this start Thumbprint? All right. So good question. Thank you. I'm working for this broker and still a good friend of mine. And he hired an agent. So I'm number one at this brokerage. I'm like, I'm killing my head like that. My head gets big sometimes, you know? And that's what happened at Bank of America. I thought I was smarter than my boss, which not paper. I believe I was smarter, but he's the boss. So he's smarter than me because he got a better position, right? So I had to humble myself. So this agent comes in and he's a friend of mine too. He goes, Alex, <laughs> I'm getting 20% more than you. I'm like, wait, I'm number one. You just get here and you're getting 20% more than me. Huh. Right. And so I'm like, nah, nah, it didn't feel right to me. I went to my broker and I said, you know what? I want to raise. And he was like, well, I'll think about it. And he said, well, anything over, I believe 500,000, I'll give you 80% for And anything under you're at 70. And again, didn't sit well with me. So I had to talk to Alex e. Edwards and said, look, this is your broker. He's going to tell you what he's going to pay. And that's that. It's his company. It's not yours. And so I was like, all right, you know what? I want 90%. I'm going to be a broker and then I'm going to take 90%. So I wrote 90% everywhere in my house. Taped. I mean, when I say everywhere, everywhere in my home. So I could always forget someone's getting paid more than me. And to me, didn't deserve it. To me. And, and a friend of mine said, yo, why do you care about 90 when you could get 100? I said, hmm, you're right. So 
July 10th, July 10th in 2015, my license expired. I took the broker test. I failed twice. And I said, you know what? If this is for me, my high power need to give me a sign because I refuse to renew my agent license. I'm not my salesperson. I'm not renewing it. And July 8th come, I pass. So two more days, I wouldn't be, I'm out of the real estate company in two more days. I'm out of the industry. July 8th, I become a broker. First person I called, of course, mommy, called my mom, told good news. And I went back to the broker and said, look, this is what we're going to do, right? Again, remember, this is what we're going to do. We are going to be partners. He said, absolutely not. I said, okay, cool. No problem. I left and started Thumbprint. And because again, I was promoting Alex E. Edwards in a company, I scaled pretty fast. I scaled very fast. I was always on Facebook. I was on all social media. I was having a blast with my closings. I give Samson TVs away like it was no tomorrow. And right now we around 24 agents, 24 agents. I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Rhode Island um, and in Massachusetts. We'll get back to our conversation with Alex in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com slash invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com slash invest. And now, back to our chat with Alex E. Edwards. Wow, that is such a cool story. I'm such a believer of like putting stuff out there into the world. And I love that you wrote that 90% everywhere to remind yourself of, I love that, of like what somebody else is getting. And I feel like, what's the saying? Like you either go out there and you work to build your own dreams or you go out there and you work for someone else to help them build their dreams. Right. And I feel like that's what you were doing there was like reminding yourself that as I go get up and go to work every day, I am helping this other person 
build their own dreams and not my own. And I think not enough people really take it to the level that you did where they're going to plaster that all over their house and remind themselves every day when they get up, like, Hey, I'm going to work for somebody else today. And so I love that. I love that strategy. And I'm also such a believer that life is happening for us. Right. And so when you went to your broker and you said, Hey, look, we're going to partner up and this is how it's going to be and try to call the shots. And he was like, no. And you're like, well, either I'm going to do it with you or I'm going to do it on my own either way. And actually it turns out that, look, it was better that you did do it on your own. Right. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you wouldn't be here with like 20 plus agents underneath you and doing your thing. So that's so amazing. So much inspiration in this story. I love it. And just the drive and the hustle really behind all of this to really go out and get your own. So 2015, this happens, you go out and you start your brokerage. So now Thumbprint's been around for five, six years or so. Mm-hmm. Is that about right? So yeah, I started and I in November 2015. Yep. And in that time, you've grown to over 20 plus agents underneath you. Mm-hmm. What did that look like? Really briefly, I don't want to spend too much time on it. Okay. But how do you how do you grow from one to two to three to twenty? What is that? How do you get people to come work with you? I don't know anything about this. I know Annie's husband is a broker as well, but I don't know anything about this about growing oh. growing a team. How do you find the right people? Tell us yeah. a little bit about that. All right. One, I don't consider myself a small business. I'm a big business. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. here to compete. I'm showing up. So I respect myself and I respect my brand mm-hmm. too. They're not my agents. They're my partners. I need them to be successful. So if I need someone, that means you're my partner, right? And they can make more money than me. That's what, I don't see how I'm a boss if you make more money than me. You're my partner. I don't look for what they could do for me. I look for what I could do for them, right? And because of that one simple step, I'm going to get a lot more, right? Because, and I always having fun. (laughs) I'm having fun. I'm outspoken. I live life to the fullest. And I I just enjoy and and constantly learning who Alex E. Edwards is, right? Mm -hmm. And I think uh, that energy brings a lot of people in. Um, I do a training every Friday and I allow other agents to be in that training. And uh, after that training, they're giving that slip to their broker. They're on my side. Right. But again, see, people are people. We're not different. What Mm -hmm. makes you smile? Most likely going to make me smile. So I know Mm -hmm. that. So I know how you should be treated. Mm -hmm. It's it's, it's actually simple. We think way too hard about people when they're the same people. Look in the mirror. You're everybody else. Right. In some cases. Right. So that's how I built my company. And then I started hiring people. I stopped focusing on my weaknesses, trying to strengthen my weakness and just hire people to take over my weakness. I need you to do this. Mm-hmm. I suck at it. I'm okay. I'm vulnerable and I ask for help. And I could only imagine where Thumbprint's going to be at the end of the year with agents. We are taking agents from companies that have been in the industry for 30 years. They might put a sign with my face on it. I'm telling you, I'm like, no, I don't ever go to this man's training. I love it. I love it. When Annie and I started our business as well, and as we continue to roll out different revenue streams, a question that we always ask ourselves as well, still do to this day, continuing to ask ourselves is how can we add more value? Whether it's to our investors, to our employees, to our clients, coaching clients, it always goes back to how can we add more value? And when you operate from a place like that, it's very easy to 
have people who want to come to you because yep. you're delivering to them. And it's when you deliver a value, people come. And so I love that. But I also feel like your experiences in the past is really what contributed you to having that perspective and having exactly that mindset right. and all the stuff you went through. Yeah. So I love that. Um, and I also love how you said that you think of them as your partner and not as your employee. And that yeah. is something that I always talk about is let's partner up, whether it's syndication partner or an employee that works with us. It's a partner to me. Annie's yep. a partner to me. We're all partnering in this whole thing together. We're and all. so I love that. We all need each other, right? And having someone that is your, where it's their strengths and your weaknesses is also a key that Annie and I lead with in our business as well. So I love mm -hmm. that. So I want to talk a little bit about your book. So you have a book that you wrote and I want to hear about what was the premise behind the book, how it came about mortgage before marriage. Did I get that right? Okay. okay. Mortgage before uh, marriage, finance before fiance, Rockefeller before Beyonce. Right. So, <laughs> I love I, it. Okay. So tell us what is I'll it tell about? You. What is it? So I met my wife on match.com. And so we fell in love. And I think it was, we, we both know we ain't going anywhere. I think this is it. My wife, of course, wanted a ring. And I said, well, if you want a ring, I want a mortgage. I'm not giving you a ring if you don't own a home. Right. Finances is the most second reason why people get divorced. Right. So I'm like, mm -hmm. Get a home, get a ring. My wife is so incredible. <laughs> she buys a home and she profit about $3,700 a month. Profit. Wow. $3,700 a month. So I'm like, what ring I'm getting. Right. So she does this. Hell yeah, I'm about to get married. I motivate that. I can't let that go now. <laughs> so she buys this home. And now we have two homes, right? And our tenants paid for our wedding and wasn't invited. And that was like, right? And I'm thinking, why are we going to college before buying a home? Why are we jumping into relationships before taking care of our finances? And why aren't we asking credit questions, financial questions on a first date? Mm -hmm. If you feel uncomfortable, cool. You're not for me. <laughs> That's simple. Right. I know where I'm going. Like We need to have money for our love to survive. Right. It's, it's this fact. Nobody want to be broke. And love is not dangerous. It's necessary. Right. So if I know that this might cause me to get divorced, why not take care of it before I get married? Mm -hmm. We just got to love each other and not cheat. Mm -hmm. If we could handle that, we should have a good life. Right. So yeah. mortgage before marriage. That's what I truly believe in. And I think you should own a home before going to school. And I think parents shouldn't pay for college education. I think they should gift their kids homes and allow the tenants to pay for their education. Because at the end of the day, if, when college is said it's done and they might be working at store 24 or 7-Eleven, at least they got their rent paid for the actual education, right? They just don't got that receipt saying you owe me money. Sally made like, yo, you owe me. So I just think I wanted to give my kids the opportunity to fail in life, to figure out who they are, to not let a nine to five rob them of their potential, right? Mm -hmm. Life is about fulfillment. And some people stay in a cubicle all life fulfilling their boss, right? And I think, I just think that's wrong. Everyone had needs employees, but again, partners is so much better. Partners are so much better. I love how everyone rep thumbprint, like it's theirs, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. mortgage before marriage, that's where it came from. Wow. I love that. And so you bought your son 
a house and yep. he's four now, but you bought it for him when he was three a year ago? Two. Is I bought right? it for him. I bought him two. We bought it in February and he turned three in March. So, okay. yeah. Okay. So I'm curious to know what have you told him so far about that purchase? And so that we can understand how do you talk to a three-year-old or a four-year-old about a home if you have at all? Mm-hmm. And what yeah. will you tell him as over the next, let's say, like three to five years as he moves into becoming a young adult, what will you tell him about that purchase? First of all, he goes to the home a lot okay. and he knows it now. He says, that's Carter's house. I'm building a three condo dwelling now in my city and the condos are the Carter, right? So he knows that the Carter is the construction site and Carter's home is in a different area. So he walks into the house he looks in every room. I s- looks at every room to make sure I'm doing a good job. Because we're renovating. And I'm like, what is he looking for? I never understand what my man looking for. And so he understands kind of. But as he grow, I'll give him small responsibility. When I go change a light bulb, he come help me. Or I need to cut the grass. Or I let him do a lot of the labor. And the idea is really for him to Around 16, we'll improve his credit by him jumping on our credit cards. And then for two years, he'll get income from the actual property. And by 18, he should be ready on paper to purchase his own home. Um, And if he chooses to go to school, at least the rent will support him. But again, I just want him to be free. I want him to be free. And what's so amazing is that all of this is crazy when you think about the logistics and the numbers behind this, that all of this would have been funded by, I don't know the cost of the the home that you bought for him, but funded by this one decision to make a down payment here. It's almost like a savings account, right? You put this money in a home and somebody else paid down the mortgage. Somebody else will pay for the cash flow. Somebody else will pay for your kid's college education. And on and on it goes till if he owned this house to the day he dies, this will be something that will continue to serve him. And my husband and I were just talking about this the other night. I don't care what's going to happen moving forward. AI is changing so much of the world we live in. But at the end of the day, people will always need a place to live. And that's not going to change. I don't care how you slice it. We're going to need a place to live. And so it'll Mm -hmm. always be something of value. And so I love that owning a home before going to school and going to college and all of that understand what that's like. I wish that I did that (laughs) that early on. I know Annie did. She's a few years behind me. But when I was in my 20s, I certainly was not buying real estate. Wanted to, but I was in 2006 and prices in the Bay Area were nuts. It was crazy in 2006. And then three years later, 2009 came and suddenly everything that I couldn't afford became affordable. It was crazy, but that's another story for another day. But I love all of this so much more that we could dig into. But is your book out already? The, it's not, the marriage, it's um, not out, but you could go on mortgage before marriage. And when I say before, that's the letter B and the number four marriage.com sign up and you definitely will get a copy once it's out. And, and you could actually take a cool test to find out if your marriage material. Ooh, nice. Fine. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I might just go take it just for fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, look, just to see. You, if he doesn't you, pass, we're going to get a divorce. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> take it after, after the podcast is out, please. Yeah. No, I love that. I love it. Just going back really quick to what you're saying that like, if finances are the number one reason why people are getting a divorce, why not address that up front to prevent that from happening? Like talk about it. And I feel like 
money is something that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And that's something that we try our best to make money matter something that we should absolutely be talking about, especially as women too. I think it's so important, but I love that in a relationship scenario, that it's something that you're you know, suggesting that is a priority and a hundred percent agree with that. So I love, love all of that. All right. We're going to move into the life and money show spotlight. We're going to ask you a couple of questions around Mm -hmm. life and money. So the first question is, what is one thing that you're doing right now to live a meaningful and intentional life by design? Buying real estate. But honestly, buying real estate for my children. I know we talk about my son already. We just found one for our daughter. So just knowing that they have a fighting chance. That's it. Just knowing that they have a fighting chance. I'm okay with that. They have a chance to figure out who they are. Like, it's just, it's amazing. A feeling I can't describe. So that's fulfilling. Yeah. It's like, even to know that if anything, this is the way I look at it too. It's like, even if something was to happen to you tomorrow, knock on wood, things don't go wrong and we're all happy and healthy. But if Mm -hmm. anything goes wrong, you leave this to them. All the stuff that you've worked for, you leave this to them Mm -hmm. in some way you can know that they're going to be okay financially anyway. So I love that. As a parent, it's, it's important to be more wealthy dead than alive, right? That's yeah. on paper. And I left rules. So they have to do the same thing for their children. That's one. Yeah. And they can't sell the property ever. <laughs> like they can't, like they stuck with it, right? And so we, my attorney and I are trying to figure out how can we put in, like, how can we make sure they take care of the home? I'm thinking ahead because they might mm-hmm. want to move to California and I don't want them to be stuck and I don't want them to abandon yeah. wealth. Right. Because right? they didn't pay for it. So yeah. they probably don't have don't care for it when they grow up. And that's mm-hmm. why probate yeah. deals is amazing, because no one cared for it. They didn't pay for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's another conversation that at first I was hesitant to have, didn't know what to talk about, talking about wills and trusts and things like that. It wasn't a conversation I wanted to have until we had it. And then my husband and I started to have some fun with it. And we yeah. left all kinds of notes and books <laughs> and all kinds of like stuff. It ended up being a really fun thing that we got to do. Wow, we had another guest on awesome. the show that talked about all of that and wills and trusts and how to go about it in a way that makes it fun, but love all of that. So fun. So fun. All right. Second question is, what is one life or money hack that you can share that will make an impact in others' lives right now? Life or money hack that will make an impact. Or an Um, investing hack. I'm sure there's lots. We've already mentioned so many today, but if there's any others that you can I think right now I'm on the, before you sell, if you have a lot of equity, refinance. I'm on that Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Refinance before you sell. If you're going to owe... 800,000. If you're going to profit 800,000, you're married. That's only 500,000 is protected. Right. So that's 300,000 down in Boston. That's that 30%. So you're mm-hmm. giving up $90,000. I'd rather refinance, put that money in my pocket and get taxed lower. That's one of the things I'm on right now. I'm trying to just tell everybody, look, the market is so crazy. So when they put their home yeah. on the market, they see only the number. They don't see next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't see the other mm-hmm. number coming, right? That and what else? Uh, oh, yeah. I lost some train of thought. I had a, another good one that we're doing. If it comes back to me, I'll definitely tell you. No worries. No worries. Yeah. On mm-hmm. the refi thing, when I owned my townhome, first one that we bought, and we bought it in 2009, mm-hmm. and then we sold it in 2016. So there were seven years of mm-hmm. equity in there. 
I ran all kinds of scenarios, short-term rental it, do I refi, do I sell it, what all the different scenarios would look like and what the impact of all those things would do. And then taking it a step further, what would we do with that money? So if we did refi, how could we use that money then to create additional revenue streams? What would that mean in terms of the obligation and all that kind of stuff? But that is, that's a good one. I like that for people to keep in mind. Yeah. And development. That's why I was saying development is at times easier than buying a three family. The bigger mm-hmm. you go, the easier it gets in real estate. And I think a lot of people don't understand that you go big, you're going to get more rents, yeah. more rents. They're going to qualify you for more simple. Right. Mm-hmm. And this, yeah. once you own the land and leveraging land and refinancing the land to get a hundred percent construction, this is a no brainer. You have to mm-hmm. do this. You have to jump in this game and have fun because Again, the bigger you go, the easier it gets. It's harder to get a single than it is to get a three. The single's just on you. If something happens to you, the bank is effed, right? If you lose your job, mm-hmm. the bank is effed. If you lose your job on an mm-hmm. investment, they're like, well, I know you got tenants, so we most likely will get our money. So mm-hmm. why are we mm-hmm. getting single first when I could get the investment property and buy mm-hmm. all the singles later? Right. So I think you should go big first. In Boston, Massachusetts, we have a first time home buyer program, I think you should waste that program on something huge and then trickle down, right? I had an FHA product throughout my life, probably five times. I use it. It makes sense to me, right? And instead of putting down 20% to 25% on investment properties, I'd rather go hard money and put 10 and just refinance right away. Or again, if I refinance an FHA, then I'm going FHA. So I bounce mm-hmm. back and forth with those mm-hmm. products. I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of strategies too. So if anybody's in the Boston area and looking to buy either investment property or first time home, definitely reach out to Alex. But yeah. You're in these other, love. those other markets. What Say again, the other markets you're in as well? Rhode Island and, and Georgia. Okay. All right. Last question is, what is one thing that you're doing right now to make the world a better place? All right. So Thumper Kids is, is a nonprofit that teach financial literacy. Every year we do a toy drive, a back to school drive, and we teach classes. My wife runs that, it's an amazing team. And we give back to our neighborhood. We give bikes away. It's just, at the end of the day, us three, right? Let's talk about us three. We have common sense, right? And common sense is not common. And I can't blame nobody else for not thinking like us, like saying, hey, I want more. So the fact that we know that we want more and we went and got more, I'm okay with giving some away. And that will make someone's day, hands down. And it means nothing to us, right? It might be tax write-off and it's just, who cares? We, we make decent money. But putting a smile on someone's face is easy. And they will always remember that smile, that joy you brought them. So Thumbprint Kids is extremely important to, to Boston, Massachusetts, point to the world. Follow. Get in line, right? Follow suit. Thumbprint Realty and Thumbprint Cares. What an amazing (laughs) way to grow a legacy for your family, right? Through all these investments that you're making, growing your team and growing these businesses and giving back. Alex E. Edwards, you're amazing. So I know that our listeners are going to want to follow up with you, learn more, Mm -hmm. get a copy of the book. What's the best place that they can go? So Alex E. Edwards on Instagram. Alexi Edwards on Facebook, Alexi Edwards on Twitter, and definitely follow Flippin' Bricks You on Instagram if you want any other investment hacks, 
Make sure you buy a t-shirt. It's pretty cool. We created a line for entrepreneurs just so we could speak to each other just without saying anything, right? Wearing the outfit means you're financially free or you're trying to get there. So I just wanted to develop a brand that says that speak our language without us speaking, right? So if you see the brand, I should walk up to you. I know you, you're doing something in real estate that I need to talk to you about, right? So yeah, that's where you find me. Again, I appreciate, I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. And my biggest hack, my last seven agents been females. Biggest hack. Females are everything. The best in females will come on your team and want to make your team better. They don't want your spot. Men kind of want your spot and they get your spot. They don't know what they want to do with it. They're like, well, I want it. I don't know why I want it here. But <laughs> females, I see it all the time. As long as we support you, you are taking off and you're the real star. So that's the biggest business hack. I'm naming it. I'm going to name a few things. That's the biggest business hack now in the world. Point blank, moving forward, grab a female and support the hell out of her, right? Next is on Carter's house, we're going to do Airbnb called The Cottage 1925. We are going to make $20,000 a month on that home. I am going to do it. And guess what? All over my house is 20K all over my home right now. 20K because we are going to do it. I promise everyone that. And I'm going to have a bestseller. I promise you that. I put it in the air. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Alex E. Edwards, real estate investor, broker, and founder of Thumbprint Realty, co-founder of Flippin' Bricks University. I'm going to get myself one of those t-shirts. And author of the upcoming book, Mortgage Before Marriage. Alex, thank you so much for being here and sharing your infinite wisdom with us and our listeners today. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to The Life & Money Show, the number one podcast for people who, like you, are living a meaningful and intentional life by design, building true wealth, and making an impact in the world. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com and be sure to join the Life & Money Show community on Facebook. And if you got value out of the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations. 